If you have that uh, second sheet tonight, you'll see there the sermon notes page, and the very top of that is, uh, or are the words of the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, Q&A number 23. Uh, we're coming to the end of this catechism. It's a, uh, uh, an explanation of the Christian faith using questions and answers. That's what a catechism is, just questions and answers. Uh, and it's been explained to us what it means to be a Christian, what it means to believe uh, in God the Father, Jesus Christ, His Son, the Holy Spirit, uh, what it means to live a life that pleases God, following the Ten Commandments, and then also, and finally, uh, this section is on the Lord's Prayer. So how are we, how are we to pray to God uh, in dependence upon the Holy Spirit using uh, Jesus' very own prayer? So question 123 explains the meaning of thy kingdom come in the Lord's Prayer, and we'll focus, focus our hearts on that uh, that for a few minutes tonight. So I'll read the question if you'd read the answer uh, with me. It's on two columns, just notice that. So question 123 asks us, what does the second petition mean? Your kingdom come means rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you, preserve and increase your church, destroy the devil's work, destroy every force which revolts against you, and every conspiracy against your holy word. Do all this until your kingdom fully comes, when you will be all in all. And then also, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter number 1, and we're going to read there from verse 4 through 8, and we'll see something here of what it means that Jesus is our King, uh, and then we can pray that His kingdom would come, uh, even as we pray tonight. So, Revelation 1, John, the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead, and then notice he is the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. May the Lord write these beautiful words upon our hearts uh, tonight, this evening. Well, we, we know that uh, in this beautiful Lord's Prayer, Jesus gave it to us to learn how to pray. I mentioned before that uh, in Matthew's Gospel, when Jesus was teaching his disciples in uh, that Sermon on the Mount, he said that they are to pray, uh, that we are to pray uh, uh, like this, our Father who art in heaven and so forth. So it's a pattern of prayer. But in Luke's gospel, uh, the author tells us, the gospel writer tells us that Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. So it's not just a pattern for our prayer, but it, all, it actually is a prayer. And we learn in this petition, uh, this second petition, your or thy kingdom come, we learn that, again, that God is a king that God is a king. And our passage here just briefly mentions this to us. Uh, it assumes it, it asserts it, that Jesus is king. And uh, it's, a, it's a blessing of God upon his people, the triune God, the God who was, who is, who is to come, the seven spirits 
that comes right from Isaiah's prophecy, chapter number 11, that speaks of the sevenfold spirit. The fullness of the Holy Spirit would be upon the Messiah. And this Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, as he's ascended to heaven, has poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. So that we, the church, the people of God, the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we saw this morning, uh, we have everything that we need in him. The Spirit of God is ours, and he gives us all the blessings of heavenly life with our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, John, the Lord, uh, through John, he blesses us with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and he blesses us from Jesus Christ, who is described there as the ruler, the ruler of kings on earth. And so when we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, or thy kingdom come, we have to first of all pray in the awareness that God is king. So we need to pray in the awareness that God is king. So if we pray in the awareness that God is king, what are we saying about ourselves? We're not. We're not, right? We are servants. We are subjects. We are subservient to the Lord, to the one who is king. So prayer, as we've already seen, prayer is a dependence upon God. It's an acknowledgement that we are powerless to give to us what we need. And so we come to the Lord and we pray to Him as simple subjects, as humble people, as dependent people, as needy people, as beggars. And so you've got to pray in the awareness that God is King. And this is one of the most basic truths of all the Scripture, again, that is mentioned here at the very end of our Bibles, that the Lord is King. Uh, we read tonight in our, in our opening Scripture passage there, uh, as we extol God, uh, I will extol you, my God and King, David says there. It's the most basic assertion that even the greatest kings of old, King David, the idyllic king of the Israelites, he prayed to the Lord as his king. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. Why? His greatness is unsearchable, and his kingdom is everlasting. His dominion, his power endures throughout all generations. So when we pray, we are humbling ourselves and we are lifting up our souls and our eyes to God who's king, who's almighty, who's all-powerful, who can give us everything that we ever could wish and ask for, he can give. In fact, he's already given to us everything that we need in Jesus Christ. So first of all, pray, very simply, pray in the awareness that God is king. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Notice secondly as well, I want to point this out to you tonight, very simply, that we are to pray in this petition, your kingdom come. We are to pray in the awareness of the king's kingdom. He has a kingdom. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. And he's also made us, verse number six tells us, he not only loves us, and not only has he freed us from our sins by his blood, he's made us a kingdom, notice. He's made us a kingdom. Kings have kingdoms. Kings have kingdoms. What's the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ? On the, one, on the one hand, it's everything, right? On the other hand, especially his people. So there's an overallness, there's a generality in the one hand of his kingdom. He rules over all things. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom is, a, is an unsearchable kingdom from, be, from, from beginning to end, from shore to shore, everything belongs to Jesus Christ. But especially, especially his people especially the body of Christ, those Jews and Gentiles from across every single tribe, language, people, and nation that belong to him. 
And so we are to pray in this awareness that he has a kingdom, and the Lord has a kingdom, the triune God, because he sent the Son for us. He sent his eternal Son, who has an eternal kingdom, down to us to make us his subjects. He's instituted amongst us the ministry of the word, to call to the world that they would hear and believe and enter into the gates of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. We pray in the awareness of his kingdom because he's gathering people from, as I mentioned, all the tribes and languages, peoples and nations of Revelation chapter 5 goes on to describe. He's gathering people to himself and for himself. And he governs us, his people. He governs us. We have pastors and we have elders in this church. We have deacons in this church. We have people that serve in all kinds of ways. But who has the ultimate authority in the church of Jesus Christ? Jesus, Jesus, right? Again, he is the king. All power and authority comes from him. We just are mere servants. That's what a minister is, a servant uh, who only can do what the Lord has lent him uh, with a small amount of authority to do. So the Lord governs amongst us. He's also preserving his people across the globe, across the world, throughout the ages. He's preserving for himself uh, in places that are blessed like ours, but also in places that are not as blessed, at least temporarily and materially as ours. He's preserving for himself a people to glorify him. How is it that the church can exist in, in, uh, throughout history in places where the entire empire, the entire government, the entirety of the apparatus of the civil magistrate was against the church because Jesus Christ is king. He's preserving his people despite the power of the world. And, we, and he also, because he's king, he also one day will bring all of his enemies uh, into subjection. They will all bow their knees to him and he will mete out punishments to those who've refused him, and those who've persecuted his people. He brings sinners to life, to new life, as I mentioned from, uh, from Romans 6 and 7. He brings sinners to new life. How can that happen other than the power of Jesus Christ? And one day he will glorify us all together in his presence. So we've got to pray in the awareness of his kingdom. Jesus is king. He has all authority, all dominion, all power. It's all his He has a kingdom that is over all things. There's not one square inch in the entirety of the universe, the entirety of this world, where Jesus Christ cannot say that that kingdom, that corner is mine. There's not one place where Jesus cannot say that. Everything is his. He says mine of all things, but especially his church, especially his people. My kingdom, he says, is not of this world. John chapter 18. My kingdom is not of this world. It's a spiritual thing. One day it will be all things in reality. But right now it's a spiritual kingdom. It's his people and through us uh, to the world to bless them. Thirdly, pray in the awareness that this kingdom is administered in two different ages. Uh, There is the kingdom that has already begun in this age and there is the kingdom that will come to its fullness in the age that is to come. Sometimes we talk about this as the kingdom of God's grace. That's the kingdom that is now that we experience through the grace of God, knowing Jesus Christ, being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's called the kingdom of grace. To know your sins are forgiven. To know that you have died the law. To know that you are married to Jesus Christ. That is to belong to a kingdom of grace. But one day there will be a kingdom of glory. 
in which, again, all things shall be made new. He will wipe away every single tear from our eyes. He will, he will turn away sin and the curse and death itself. That is the perfection of God's glory. We pray now, Lord, your king and your kingdom uh, is here amongst us, but yet we pray your kingdom come. There's something more to come. So pray that he's king in the awareness that he's king. Right? Humble yourself. Pray to him, the Lord, who is king. Be aware as you pray that you are citizens of a kingdom, not just in this little location, not just in this uh, city, in this county, in this state, in this country, but in the whole world. And you pray knowing and recognizing that the kingdom sort of ebbs and flows in this age uh, towards the age to come. Sometimes it feels stronger, sometimes it feels weaker, but it's still a kingdom of grace now. We belong to that grace. One day it's glory. And we pray, Lord, thy kingdom, that kingdom of glory and perfection, may it come. Fourth, pray in the awareness that this kingdom comes, as we pray, by particular means. We pray that the kingdom would come, and we, we should be aware uh, that it comes by particular means. Uh, again, notice in that uh, Q&A from the Heidelberg Catechism, oh, there it is, on the other side, uh, we, we pray there in that first little uh, explanatory sentence, rule us by your what? Word and spirit. Word and spirit. How is it that the kingdom comes? The Lord's king. His kingdom is over all things, especially his church. How is it that his kingdom of grace grabs hold of us now in this life? Preaching the gospel, the word, the gospel especially, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The preaching of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? That through the, the preaching of the gospel that God loves sinners... That sinners like you and me are saved by the grace of Almighty God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, through that foolish message that is a scandal and that is weak in the eyes of the world, foolishness to Greeks, a scandal to the Jews. Do you believe that that's the power of God to salvation? Yes. So we pray, Lord, may your kingdom come in our midst, in our particular lives, in our church's life, in the life of the church across the world, but we should pray being aware that that kingdom comes in particular ways. It doesn't just come out of the blue. God sends it. I mentioned this morning that we believe that God, on the one hand, he's ordained the end of all things, the, the, uh, the, the goal of all things, the destination point of the entirety of the universe. He ordains the end, but he also ordains what? The means to that end. The way to get to that end. The way to that kingdom of glory that is yet to come, that one day will be, God will be all in all in perfection. The way that that kingdom comes in the here and the now is through preaching the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, again, we recognize that the power is not in us. He's the king. He is the Lord. He's the master. He's the sovereign. God is God, not us. And he says to us, 
Go and spread the word. Go and spread it like seed. Go and preach the gospel to all creation and all four corners of the earth. And through that message, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. With the power of the Holy Spirit. The person speaking, whether it's a preacher, whether it's one of our kids talking to their friends and neighbors. The power is in the Lord, not you. The power is in the word. The power is in the Holy Spirit. We just simply pray, Lord, may it come. When we speak the word to our neighbors, may it come. When we speak the word, may the Holy Spirit add his blessing to those words. And so pray pray in the awareness, your kingdom come. The Lord is king. Jesus is king. He's got a kingdom. That kingdom is administered in this age and the age to come. And so we're praying in that tension that it would come more from heaven to earth, that we're longing for earth to become like heaven. But we also pray in the awareness that it comes by particular means, the gospel and the Holy Spirit. And then finally, we need to pray in that petition, pray in the awareness that the kingdom comes, there's that, there's that verb again, it comes with special, uh, specific effects. Notice it does things. That's question 123 that summarizes for us uh, a lot of Bible verses there. Notice that we pray in the awareness that the kingdom comes with specific effects in our lives. The individual kingdom citizen's submission. That's the first thing that the answer says there. When you pray as individuals, Lord, may your kingdom come. You're praying, rule us by your word and spirit in such a way that more and more we submit to you. You're the king. You're the king, Lord, not me. We can pray in very, like, we can pray in flowery language. We can pray in ways that sound great and ways that maybe even feel great. But you're praying in this petition for a specific thing that you would submit to the kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's also a prayer of the church, right? It's not just an individual prayer. Our Father, right? there's a collective, the collective kingdom is praying for its growth. Notice that, secondly. That's the second effect. Preserve and increase your church. Preserve and increase your church. It's not just for you personally to grow, that the church of Jesus Christ would grow. Be preserved and flourish. We're praying for that final effect, the kingdom's enemies, destruction. should be striking to us. We read those words in our catechism that say, Destroy the devil's work. Destroy every force that revolts against you and every conspiracy against your holy word. Destroy the devil's work. Do we really believe the devil is real? Do we really believe there are spiritual powers and forces that are beyond our comprehension? Do we really believe that? We don't, really, we don't live like it, do we? I mean, we get sick, it's just because, you know, germs or a virus or bacteria, whatever it might be. Uh, something, something else happens tragic in our lives. Well, it's, it's an accident, right? Or there are acts of Mother Nature just happen to, to bring tragedy uh, to particular locations. But there is real spiritual battle going on. And we should be praying as we pray, your kingdom come. That if, if the Lord is king and he has a kingdom and his kingdom comes... That means that that God of this age who thinks he's the king, who thinks he's the Lord, who thinks he's the master, that he would be crushed, that he would 
more and more uh, be destroyed, even as that great mother promise that we've been looking at in our in our Old Testament sermons, the mother promise of Genesis 3.15, that one day would come a seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. That seed has come, Jesus. He's crushed the serpent. He's destroyed the serpent. He's dealt him a mortal blow. But yet he still prowls about like a roaring lion. He's injured. He's dying. He knows he's dying. His strength is, is leaving him, but he roars. And he still goes about prowling about, trying to snatch and devour as many as he can before he breathes his last. Destroy the devil's work, we pray. And so, as we pray tonight, I want to encourage you to pray in the, in the awareness of what it means your kingdom come. Jesus is king. He has a kingdom. And may it affect us as it comes to us through the power of the word, the gospel especially, and the Holy Spirit. And may that heavenly kingdom more and more take up residence amongst us individually as a congregation, and amongst the church across the world. Amen.